Welcome, Cam. I'm trying out some new settings with the mic. I don't know if you can hear the difference at this point, but to me it sounds um, clearer, but almost to a fault. Like I can hear all the noise coming in too, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Not the noise. I can hear the room. Do you guys hear my fan at all? I I don't, but great. I don't know if that's because it's just way quieter no. than your voice or or what. I hear no fan. Man. My computer fan be loud, so if my mic can noise gate that, we're great. Let me see voice mic. Let's test it out. BB, use microphone. Start recording. Hey, hey I'm recording over. <laughs> I'm Courtney. Leave. <laughs> Never. In fact, I'll play my Tamagotchi. <laughs> You're playing your Tamagotchi on air? Yo, yeah, it's happening. You're killing me. Yo, who I got in here, though? I got... Yo, that's Mamatiramon. Yeah, my boy. Is that the Mammoth Digimon? No, he's actually like a really small little guy. Oh? I think the one you're thinking of is literally Mammothmon. <laughs> not not Mammatiramon. <laughs> literally Mammothmon. Yeah, I think that's Mammothmon. I think there's Skull Mammothmon, too. All right. I, you know, I was never huge into Digimon. I'm going to go ahead and call this a win either way. <laughs> the, fa- the fact that I even knew that there was a Mammoth Digimon is like a success. There is, yeah. Trying to get his weight down, man. He getting fat. I got to train him. <laughs> That's actually kind of a thing. They get a weight, and if they get up to 99 weight at the max, uh, they get this. It's not a care mistake, which is like what changes what they did evolve into, but it's like an almost care mistake. It's still <laughs> something you have to like lean off of them, and it's kind of like a warning like, hey, yo, guys, at like max weight because you feeding him all the time and he ain't doing nothing. <laughs> and then you go into training like four or five times and he's back down to like 18. They got a really narrow window on that weight. Yeah, it's really easy for them to gain and lose. They can max themselves out in a day and lose it in two minutes. He gained three ounces. He's obese now. He's obese now. There's 100% a fan in the background. Come on, man. You got to have that perfect sound setup. You better be investing in one of them audio booths like right now. I might just have to turn my computer off and record on my Mac. Oh, gosh. Just threw up in my mouth a little bit. I mean, does it does it matter though? Uh the Mac. There's no fan. What's it's quiet as a bird. Birds aren't quiet. It's quiet, quiet. as a bird. <laughs> Imagine the squawking now. Quiet like a bird. You wanna run away? I don't know his hunger. Okay. What the fox say? What does the bird say? He crawls like a worm from a bear. So many songs. All right. So you guys 100% don't hear a fan on my end when I'm talking. Like, I'll just keep talking. I can even talk really low. You guys aren't hearing a fan picking up. My thing's been on green. He wears his heart safety pin to his backpack. There's no fan in your audio. Okay. Um, I mean, the locally picked it up. I don't know if Craig will pick it up. Discord 
like you said, has a heck of a noise gate. Yeah, Discord cleans our audio for us sometimes. And, you know, a lot of times that works out. I don't think we've ever had a critical failure because of Discord audio. Hmm. We are amateur podcasters, folks. Amateur. We're almost three years in. We have not gone pro. Believe it or not. Welcome to A4 No B4 Yes, the Legend of Zelda theme podcast that's currently deep diving into Tears of the Kingdom, the newest Zelda game to release on the Switch system. The last episode we talked about the Gerudo, and this episode we're going to find us some big fairies. And also stop by and talk to Colton. I'm Cameron Hagee, and these are my co-hosts. I'm Ryan Fonzie, and I wanna be a Satori. Mmm, don't we all? I'm Anthony, and I'm drinking a fireplace. Drinking a fireplace. He's drinking Lapsang Sushong. Hey, I am. Got that Lapsang Sushong tea. It all makes sense now. And I don't want to be a Satori, because it seems like you have to die to become a Satori. (laughs) Well, Colton isn't keen to that. Yeah, he just has a great admiration. But yeah, so... Guys, we're heading over to the Woodland Stable. Woodland Stable is, like, strangely a hub that starts a couple of different quests in this game. Uh, one of which being the Colton quest. Colton and Kilton can both be found here, as well as a few other NPCs. I feel like I'm rushing into things, though, so maybe we should start with something a little lighter here. How are you guys feeling tonight? I feel like riding some horses into the wild open free lands of Hyrule and being best friends with my horse and feeding him the best carrots that the Hyrule has to offer. That's how I'm feeling. I feel like I just stubbed my toe. I regret asking. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, so Woodland Stable, you might remember this as, uh, I don't even remember in, in Breath of the Wild what significant happened here it was was one of the two stables that hestu could go to wasn't it because he either went to i think riverside or woodland stable after you met him the first time before he went i think he did make a stop at the woodland stable yeah that's what i remember for there's notably close yeah there's notably like a little fish pond near here it's um i want to say it's just north of the castle uh and it's like south of the route that would take you into the lost woods or possibly go up to Death Mountain. So it is kind of right in the middle of everything. And that's part of the reason I think Hestu stops by there is because he, he, he'll pretty much tell you, oh, yeah, I'm, like, I'm pretty much almost home. Uh, yeah. It kind of gives you a hint as to where you can go to get 
back to him when he finally gets back to the Lost Woods. Just to the left of Pico Pond. So, in this game, there's actually a new cave. The uh, Pico Pond Cave. And if you're on your way over there, you'll run into a couple of blue monster enthusiasts. Uh, one of which is our man, Kilton, who uh, heads back over to uh, Terrytown after this to make his, his menagerie of statues, which we talked about a few episodes ago. But new character for this game is his little brother, Colton, because his parents, their parents, weren't very creative with naming. Uh True. Colton and Kilton uh, have very different aspirations. Uh, when I first met them in this game, I thought we were going to have a rehash of of Kilton, the uh, the monster vendor. Uh, we don't get that. Uh, we get Colton, who isn't. He doesn't do the same thing. He does take the balloon though, like he gets the uh, the hot air balloon that that Colton was always using, or that Kilton was always using, sorry. But instead of running a Mon-based monster part shop, uh, he instead has aspirations to become a Satori. He He's always admired Satori as, like, the best of the monsters, which he's not really a monster, but he's like a legendary creature. Uh, and he himself wants to become one, and the only way that he has heard you can do that is by consuming bubble gems. Like, a, as many as you can possibly find. Bubble gem from uh, the bubble fog. Bubble gems from bubble frogs. So, the first part of his, his mission here is to go into the Pico Pond cave and, you know, off the bubble frog in there, get that bubble gem and bring it back to him. And this launches the uh, the quest... I don't even know the name of the quest, but basically it's a quest to collect the all of the bubble, bubble gems. The hunt for bubble gems uh, to collect them all for our friend Colton, our new friend Colton. The first thing that uh, will kind of drive this quest is the reward of getting the mystic outfit. This is like a Satori-based design outfit, which is actually really cool looking. It's just like glows blue and it's got like long Super Saiyan 3 hair coming off the back of it. Uh, and what it does is instead of taking damage, you lose rupees. So it's basically the magic armor from games like Twilight Princess or Wind Waker. Um, so that's kind of cool. If you're rich like me, this is a very useful armor. Yeah. Uh, but then after you're done getting that whole outfit, because, you know, he'll give you some free monster parts in the interim. So you have to, like, just keep bringing him bubble gems until you've gotten all three parts. He'll then say, oh... The uh, I'm sensing that there are still 101 of these bubble gems out there in the wild. Well, depending on how many you've gotten when you cash them in. <laughs> um, I had the perfect amount to get the last piece of the suit, and that's what was left over was 101. And I was flabbergasted. I didn't know there were that many caves in the game. Uh, and this mission was a bear to take on. Uh, I did complete it. <laughs> <laughs> Because, uh, you know, he's talking about how he wants to eat um, as many bubble gems as once as he can. So I, I didn't even go back to him until I got all 101 of these bubble gems. Uh, and if you guys don't mind, I will now spoil the ending of the hunt for the bubble gems. Because <laughs> I don't think we've all done this. I think I'm the only poor person <laughs> upon this podcast who has taken the time to yeah. explore every single cave in the game. Yeah, pretty I'm sure I do that. still have like over 50 or 60 left something like that 
Uh, yeah. So before before I tell the ending, I guess I'll just throw this out there a couple tips or one tip in particular. Uh, we've talked about this before, um, but if you go to any pink, like like it's like sakura trees, right? Like cherry blossom trees that are on the map. There's one for every region. Uh, one for every major region. I sh- region I should say. Uh, there's. Uh, a way where you can offer Satori himself a fruit of your choice, and he will light up all of these caves for you. Um, and they'll stay, well, light up all the caves in the region that you offered the fruit. Uh, they'll stay lit for uh, some minutes. I don't, I've never timed it. I don't know how long it actually lasts. But during that time, you can fast travel around to get better a better viewpoint of what you're trying to find. So if you want to go up to a sky island and then dive so that you can see where all the waypoints are, uh, that's a viable method. If you just want to take a bike up into the air to get a better view, um, there's a lot of ways to try to find all of these caves. Um, my last cave was actually uh, Eventide Island Cave when I went in there to fight the pirates. Um, I did not find the bubble frog and I didn't realize that I never got the bubble frog until I was at the end of this quest. Like, where is this last frog? And I went into my map and there was no check mark on that game. I was like, no. So you were probably looking everywhere on the mainland. Like, why is there no check mark or why is there like no place without a check mark? And then it was on eventide. It was on the very bottom right corner. I was on there for that stream. I remember you doing that for the last like two or three that that's hard yeah yeah it's ridiculous i mean there there are some of these caves that we haven't on the podcast even talked about the requirements to get into them um because there are some things you can't do without completing other quests first as well so uh eventually we'll talk about those kinds of things um this episode i'm just gonna kind of skip ahead and i will say that when you finally do bring colton all of these bubble gems He's so excited, ecstatic even, uh, eats all of the bubble gems, and then ascends into a bloopy. <laughs> it, it is, it is, uh, it's actually a pretty funny uh, cutscene because he, like, you know, he gives you like this farewell, and he's, it's, it's all dramatic, and he's like, "Oh, I'm finally going to achieve my dream," and instead of becoming the Satori that he's been trying to become. He becomes like a Satorette, basically, <laughs> like a little, uh, uh, you know, a little servant of Satori, which is fine. I mean, he, he at least got into the spirit realm that he was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, these creatures are related in some way, but he did not become a true Satori, which, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm sure he's happy as a bloopy. <laughs> he does just kind of skitter off. He's going to come eat my frog. It's like 145 bubble gems and like the man just became a bloopy, like all that trouble. Yeah. So that he could be one of those creatures that you find in the woods randomly and shoot for money. Yeah. Cause inanimate pain with many arrows and many bomb arrows all because Link is greedy. Bomb the bloopies. I mean, maybe that's, you know, maybe that adds to the adds to the lore of the bloopies, you know, like they're maybe they are the mystics, right? Like you hit them and bloopies or rupees come out of them because they're not actually taking damage. They're all they all have the mystic protection, you know, that's true. And they're all rich. They do (laughs) act like they get hurt when you hit them, though. They're probably just like, oh, wow, an arrow went through me. Oh, no. (laughs) So, yeah, that's the uh, that's the legend of Colton. 
I don't even know if when you go back to Kilton, if he even cares to ask. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how do you think Kilton feels about his brother just joining the spirit dimension nonchalantly? I mean, he's obsessed with monsters, so I'm sure he's, like, cool with it, but. It's everything he ever wanted, man. I don't know. Brother, come be a part of my menagerie. Okay. Get a get a photo of a bloopy and put it up there on the statue. Yeah, that one's that one's Colton. I'm yeah. sure that definitely be. not any other bloopy. Um, yeah. So so that's that's now that that is out of the way, we're gonna talk about some other spiritual creatures, um, but not Satori related. Some big ones. Yeah, some big ones. So the other thing that you can do at the Woodland Stable. Uh, it's actually a part of the Lucky Clover Gazette quest line. At least it starts out that way. So if you if you head on over to the stage, you'll find Penn, uh, you know, our Pelican friend, who is watching a performance, basically, and talking to this character, Mastro. Mastro is the maestro of the band, <laughs> uh, that formerly, I believe, known as the Stable Trotters, but they've broken up, and he wants to reunite the Stable Trotters band. Uh, problem being, it's just him and Violin. That's literally her name is Violin, and she plays dun, dun, the violin. Dun. Whoa. And the other three members have, have uh, you know, disbanded. <laughs> so, uh, he's here. He wants to play a, a song to the Great Fairy. But on their way there originally, a blonde-haired woman, you know, because everyone's Always. looking for Zelda, uh, scared the horse and... It got free. Their their wagon got destroyed, um, and so they're kind of just stranded here at the stable. The wagon is named Breezer. I don't know why they named their wagon, but you'll be interacting quite a bit with Breezer, so I guess it's appropriate. It's a reoccurring character. <laughs> and so, you know, they ask if you can uh, repair their wagon. Well, I don't even know if they outright ask, but it's one of those situations where there's a problem statement for Link to solve. So if you can repair the wagon, hook it up to a horse, and get it up the hill to the fairy fountain, they can ride that wagon and play a song for the great fairy. Um, in order to do this, just a side note, you have to have gotten enough pony points to get the harness to actually tow things. Uh, this was featured in the trailers of the game as well. Like This isn't a surprise that you can do this. It's just kind of the introduction of the concept. You could even get all three pony points. Like if you really don't know how to get pony points, you can just get them at this stable. Like all three of them. You just register a horse, visit the stable, and then sleep at the stable, and you can get the towing harness. Yeah. I think that's exactly yeah. what I did. <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't have any I might have had one pony point because I already had um a horse. Mm -hmm. But then I just I slept there and, you know, went there for the first time and I was like, all right, cool, I can get it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got the towing harness elsewhere in the game. Uh, mm. And then just, you know, used it for this section once I got here. Uh, so you can restore the wagon because, you know, in, in, two, in a twofold fashion, you're both trying to help them do their serenade and you're trying to help Penn get the scoop on whether or not this blonde haired woman was Zelda. So you take the uh, the stable trotters up the hill to the fairy fountain that's nearby. And violin plays a tune while Mastro conducts, and the fairy, uh, the great fairy bud, uh, same type of bud as you see in Breath of the Wild, opens up, 
Tara. Tara is the first one. Yeah. She was in Teen Titans. So Tara was the great fairy that was in the desert in Breath of the Wild, and then she's the one that's at the woodland stable in Tears of the Kingdom. So she just like kinda switcherooed and moved. How did she move that whole fountain and flower and junk like in seven years across the whole map? Man, I don't I don't know. <laughs> that's crazy. It is pretty crazy. Alright, yeah, so we do this serenade to Terra, um, and suddenly we can upgrade our clothing again, which is great. Terra also lets us know that she did see a blonde-haired woman that scared her to, like, go back into her bud, but that she did not think that the blonde-haired woman was, in fact, Zelda. So, uh, we go back and report that to Penn, that this is a dead end. And, you know, he, he flies off with gratitude, but we uh, we don't get any closer to finding her. There is a we're going to do a whole episode just based on Lucky Clover quests. Uh, but I guess this is just one of the first ones we'll talk about. Uh, it's a free, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, and this sets us off on another set of quests, which all revolve around these stable trotters and their wagon breezer. All right, so before we move forward, because I know we're going to talk about the water one, but when <laughs> we were first able to customize Breezer, did any of you guys make a death wagon? Because I 100% made a death wagon. Like, I'm talking like spikes <laughs> everywhere, lasers. I no. did not make a Breezer death wagon. No. Oh. <laughs> it it took forever because, like, the first time I actually made it i put like um i had like a like a spike thing on the front from like a nearby camp and i had put that on the front of it and then i had like flamethrowers in the front but i had like put too much of the zone eye pieces on one side and it tilted the wagon like just enough that it was kind of a little like airborne and then they had to reset it and I was like, really? You guys weren't even falling out. You guys were just tilted at like 60 degrees. So, so yeah, like you can't do anything. Like if they're tilted even, I feel like 40 degrees, like they'll they'll complain and be like, what, what kind of ride is this? Are you trying to kill us? <laughs> yeah, I had some issues in the water one too. Yeah, yeah. Um... But the water one isn't the next. I, I'm I'm starting to wonder how I did this in order because I think I actually did them out of order a little bit. Uh, I think the next one should be. Um, is it Kesa? It looks like Kesa is the next one. I just don't remember that being the next one that I did. But I guess I I must have. You know, what? I think what happened is I saved one of the other stable trotters before the troop was actually ready for him. So I think I did some of this out of order, but I think the next one you're supposed to get is Kesa. Yeah, I think I actually did the same thing as you because I feel like I saved Beats before I did this. Do you guys have a preferred order? Because Beats is the water one. Um, but I, I did the trumpeter next, and then I did Beats, and then I did Piper at the end. And the order is of no consequence to me. Yeah. Okay, are you guys cool if we if we go to Eustace next? Yeah, stupid dog. Okay, cool. I'm getting me mad at. 
Okay. So, all right. So, looking online, it looks like there is a suggested order for doing these, but I'm pretty certain I didn't do them in this order. Uh, so, I'm going to go ahead and just talk about them in the order that I did them, <laughs> and we'll we'll make that work because I'm, I'm pretty certain that once you open the first Great Fairy, you can kind of bounce around to the others in whatever order you'd like. Um, if I'm wrong about that, I'm sorry, but I, I know for a fact one of these people that I got last is the one that they suggest doing second, and that's just not the order I want to talk about it. So, so we need to find Eustace, who is trapped in a hole. Uh, Eustace goes to the Great Fairy Fountain for Mesia, uh, which is actually located up in the Hebra region, but you might first hear about Eustace's problem when, if you're going to the Tabantha Bridge Stable much further south. Uh, you might talk to somebody at the inn and they'll be like, yeah, there was somebody playing a horn who came through this way and we haven't seen him come back. Uh, not really sure what that's about. So if you cross over the Tabantha Great Bridge and do a little bit of exploring, you'll find a hole with a trumpet player. <laughs> uh, he's got like, a, I think it's even like a French horn or something like that. Just kind of in the bottom playing his horn to try to get the attention of some passerby. You can go down in there and he say, he'll tell you that he was trying to deliver some goods up to the Rito, but of course he got stuck in a hole. Uh, and so he needs your help to escape the hole. Uh, and all you have are some, some Zonai pieces and a wagon with no horse and no hitch. Not that it would help you to have those things because, well, you know, there's, you know, you're in a hole, so the horse can't get out the hole anyway. So you have to make his, his, uh, wagon into a flying machine. And get it up out of that hole uh, in order to save Eustace. There's you know the first? The Hornist's Dramatic Escape. When I first found him, which was on my way to the Rito, which was the first thing I like did when I started the game, I actually didn't have enough battery power to get him out of the hole. I tried multiple times, and I would get the wagon like almost to the point where the tires were like above the top of the hole so I could actually move it over and set it on the ground, and then it would fall. Hmm. So I'm pretty sure you do need like at least one battery upgrade in order to actually be able to get him out of the hole. Oh, fancy that. Or maybe you could like build a little stage for the wagon to sit on first so it's higher up off the ground. But the way I tried it, it wasn't working. Right. This I think is this is one of the the more humorous, I feel like uh little ultra hand side quests in the game. Mhm. Mm just getting this 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 horn blower dude to just like fly up out the hole though i mean he, he's literally just kind of stranded there uh <laughs> I, once you get him out he's like yeah i can take take it from here basically i i don't remember if you need to like bring him a horse or anything like that i don't think you need need to i don't but, think so um i was afraid of that when i first got him out i'm like are you gonna need me to go get you a horse now and he, he doesn't ask for that he just says he's got it um, and he'll kind of move on. But part of that is he'll choose to go rejoin with the stable trotters up in the Hebrew region. Uh, so when you go up there, you can talk to Mastro. Uh, I mean, if you if you've seen Mastro up here before, he'll tell you that they're, you know, they're missing their horn player uh, and the great fairy fountain. Uh, like Mija really enjoyed hearing the horn. In fact, if you go to the, the first thing I actually found on this was Mija. Uh, as I was heading up to the Rito village. Uh, and she was like, I won't open up unless I hear the sound of a horn. And I remember that was like mad early on in my playthrough. 
And I remember thinking, maybe I need to steal one of the horns from the boss Bacoblins and bring it back <laughs> here or something. Like, I, I just, I didn't know enough about the game to understand what it was actually asking me to do. Uh, and that creative solution that I had come up with wasn't real or possible. So, <laughs> very, very quickly became evident that I was going to have to, uh, to change my strat there. But yeah, if you get, you get the stable trotters all hooked up and ready to go and, uh, avoid the Gleok <laughs> and head up the side of the mountain just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you can get the, uh, the second great fairy. Just, just say, avoid the Gleok. Just avoid the Gleok. Uh, with each of these upgrades, uh, or with each of these fairies, I should say, opened up, you can upgrade your armor one more level, um, four being the maximum. But, you know, once you get two upgrades, that's when all the uh, set bonuses come into play. Uh, so getting at least two of these opened is is pretty helpful in the game. After that, it's just more armor rating. It's not really any more utility past that point. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to have. Oh, and I should say... Each time you do one of these, you also get the same song, but with another instrument added, which is kind of a cool effect. Because as you go through, uh, you can hear the different mixes, basically. Like, you can hear, uh, you know, vi like, violin, I believe, plays the traditional Epona song, uh, like, when she's at the stable. Uh, but as you add members, they all harmonize with it really well. Uh, and when they go do their serenades to the fairy, they play a completely different song that's, like just a little bit more like a 30 second packaged piece that also becomes more complex as you go. So it's actually, it's a really fun quest to do just for that reward. It kind of reminds me of wind waker when, you know, you, uh, you do anything with the sages and they like have a whole cutscene of playing a song. Like you get a little music video out of it. <laughs> so it's, it's cool. It's rewarding in that. Right. So the next one that, I did that I think you guys have both done as well is the honeybee mine side quest, which is actually another based on another um, member of the stable trotters. Uh, so this is where we find beets, right? Good old beets. Yep. Yeah. So looking for the name of the, <laughs> the fairy once again. We're going to run out of fairies. It's probably either Kotera or... It's Kotera. It is Kotera? Yeah. Great. Kotera is at the Dueling Peak Stable area, which I think is like the base of... It's like near... Was that like west of Kakariko? I can find it real quick. Because I remember him like at the base of the mountain over there somewhere. Isn't he... Isn't he like over where the you ran into Hestu the first time in Breath of the yeah, Wild? He's, he's like over on the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's up the area. path to. Yeah, yeah, you guys right, are right. Yep, right where you would have gone to fight the Bacoblins and the other one that took Hestu's maracas is where he's chilling. Yeah, and it looks like the fountain is is right the there. The f fountains where now? In the forest under uh, the Kakariko Bridge area. Uh, the fairy fountain is like on a peninsula over there. It's like right where to the two rivers split. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We have, to make, again. Uh, we have to make Breezer. Oh, you're starting over. Yeah, we're going to have to start over. There's just too much nonsense the, of us figuring that out. Yeah. This is like fairies. It's like playing the game of Clue. Like, all right, who did it? Mastro was in 
the Highland stable with a pipe iron. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no. <Okay. laughs> All right. So for our next bit, we're going to be heading over towards the uh, Dueling Peak stable uh, where we will find the Great Fairy Fountain for Quotera. Uh, this is actually uh, a quest to find the drummer of the band uh, who is conveniently named Beats. Uh, with the with the names of these characters, I'm actually wondering if Eustace is somehow related to an instrument that I'm not familiar with, uh, because the other three names are violin, beats, and piper. Uh, so I'm just I'm like Eustace is the one that doesn't make sense. Like even Mastro is right there to ma- Maestro. So like I part of me feels like Eustace has to be something, but I don't know what. Is an instrument of suffering to courage the cowardly dog. Something like that. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and find Beats uh, just north of Lake Ciela on right off the path of uh, the way you'd get up to Kakariko. So you go across the Kakariko Bridge, head up that path, and right where we found Hestu's maracas before is where we will now find Beats. Beats is a silly character. Uh, he's trying to coax bees with his drum. He's trying to get some honey by playing the drums. What a silly. Doesn't, it's just not how you get bees. Like, I don't know where he got that idea from. I mean, I mean you might aggravate them if you were to hit the drum too close to a, a beehive. Oh, yeah. You know? But this dude's, I mean, he's going for it. He also he's, looks kind of spaced out, quite honestly. Like he's got he's got like the like the half closed eyes that make it seem like he's maybe not all there. Like not in this moment. Like he's just kinda spaced out trying to get these bees. Chum, um, bro, I'm trying to get the bees out with my drum. Uh but the way to uh help this guy out instead of saving him from a hole, uh, is to gather three coarser bee honeycombs and bring them to him. Uh once he has those, he'll uh end up Back at the stable, when he figures out that the the troops getting back together, he goes ahead and he joins them. So that's, see, we were we were calling him stupid, but my guy played the drums, summoned us, and what did we do? We got him honey. So at the end of the day, transitive property. He played the drums. He got honey. <laughs> Which I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but he was trying to summon bees instead. He summoned the 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 the, the hero of Linker, the high rule, yeah, hero. Riker. The entire region. Before we get too far ahead away from Eustace, um, I think I found what his name is based off of. Okay. So there's a brass instrument that was invented in the mid-1800s called a euphonium. And I think the only name that they could think of somewhat resembling euphonium was Eustace. It's a brass instrument, though. It's literally like a French horn tuba, like a mix. There you go, because that's kind of what he has. Yeah. I would have never made that connection on my own. No, me neither. I never even knew this instrument existed until today. So fun fact for everyone. (laughs) The second you said it, I'm like, I've heard euphonia before. Like, I've heard that word, but I'd not. You guys don't have your weekly euphonium listenings? (laughs) That's crazy. Man, I'm about to go on Who's your favorite Euphonia artist, Cam? (laughs) (laughs) Name three. (laughs) Gotta be Dr. Coolphonium and, you know, his two brothers. 
Here, I got this. <laughs> All right. The, the top euphonium, the most famous euphonium players, David Childs, Stephen Mead, Damon Dre Thurman, De Thurman the third. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Moving on to the stable trotters. Cool. So this one is, I want to say the one I had the most fun with, uh, this little, this little jump here ah. from what <laughs> we're going amphibious with breezer. We're going amphibious with breezer is yeah. the sea breezer today. <laughs> That's what's happening. All right. I so had, yeah, I had we, some issues with this. I, I don't. Was it was it something like you were either not supposed to have wheels or you were supposed to have wheels? I went the other way. I was I don't remember which if it was like, oh, it's it's the river, I'll just leave the wheels on, or I was thinking, oh, it's a river, I'm gonna take the wheels off so that it just floats down the river. Yeah. But so, it it was tough. I think this how the story goes is that Mastro and the gang decided, hey, we got to get this thing over there. Maybe we will take the wheels off of this and we can just float it. And then they were like, but the current was too strong and it didn't work. Uh, so they need help. So that's why it, there's like some like, because, you know, the bridge is out. Big twin bridge is out. So we can't just take a horse. We got to somehow get this thing across the river. Um, online sources will suggest flying it across the river. I did not do that. I, I made it amphibious. I, uh, I brought Breezer over to the riverside. Uh, there's a bunch of, uh, Zonai devices just jammed into the broken down big twin bridge. I think that's actually why it went down. Like a, a big chunk of Zonai Sky Island came down and destroyed it. <laughs> oh no. Uh, and I ended up making like a, uh, like a, a, I used a big wooden plank to make like a boat underneath Breezer. And then I had Breezer like risen above the water that way. Cause I knew that with all the weight, that first board would be submerged. But I was like, if Breezer itself doesn't touch the water, I'll probably be fine. So I made a little bit of elevation with like a box or something and then put Breezer on top of that. Uh, and then did what I would normally do for a boat, which is like a steering stick and some fans. <laughs> And we went ahead and took our our double decker breezer boat across the water and got there that way. I, don't I know did what something did. similar. I th I might have just put bigger wheels on it or something that kept it up out of the water. I don't. Yeah. I don't really remember how I ended up solving it. That's that's one pro tip about this game is that most of the water in the game in that deep. <laughs> so if you really want to, you can just lift stuff up and have the wheels go into the bottom so they reach the, the actual like bottom of the river and you can just kind of drive across stuff that way um so that i could totally see that working also yeah. the wheels do create some kind of propelling on the water as well if you want to do boats that work with wheels that that you can do that oh i, I think i still did put fans on it for the sake of you know getting it to move faster in the water but the, i think the wheels were what kept it high enough out that they weren't off yeah. What'd you say? I don't know. My mic stopped. I might cut that out. I was like, I'm gonna we're gonna Oh yeah, it's hard cutting that. Your your mic don't like that voice. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I had something similar to you a little bit, Cameron. Um I tried a few ways. Like I tried to build a boat, but I could not get the boat to stay stable. I didn't have like a stabilizer at that time for some reason or I just ran out and I was not able to like balance the boat and it kept tipping and they kept getting mad and restarting. So I forgot that in my quick build 
Zonai, um, I don't know what you call ability, like arm ability, that I had a <laughs> like massive stone lava bridge, like some just long bridge of igneous rock from the Goron Temple, just chilling in my quick build menu because for some reason I built that in the Fire Temple or one of the one of the shrines, and I just launched that baby over <laughs> the river and just drove over it. <laughs> It was great. All right. Made his own bridge. Yeah. There you go. Bridge is out. No problem. And now that is one of my, uh, mind you, because it's like, it's so long that it takes about five seconds. If it's like, let's say it's like 180 degrees, just to spin it one rotation. <laughs> it takes like at least six seconds for the full thing to rotate. Yeah. That's a big I actually, guy. I remember the exact place in the fire temple that you had to, uh, make that bridge <laughs> I, I remember that bridge yeah so I, I actually like i favorited that that build um that's one of my favorite builds and i actually have it now and i use it sometimes for just having a bridge to get places nice just put a fan under every segment and then one in the back and make it the flying bridge ah uh, i don't know you might need a lot of fans <laughs> oh you're gonna need a lot of fans Megan. quite heavy Oh, so, uh, so, so with our many ways of crossing the river, uh, Kotera is a big fan of Beats's drum. So she once again comes out of her bud and is super grateful. Uh, and with that, our stable trotters are back to three quarters of their original set. Uh, this last one is something special. Uh, it actually takes place. The actual fairy fountain, I should say, is over by the outskirts table. The one I've been, you know, accidentally saying this whole episode. <laughs> uh, but the stable Wait. trotter that you're looking for is actually at the Highland stable, uh, which is way farther south. It's actually quite a clip away. It's across Lake Hylia, like other side of Lake Hylia, down towards the Faron region. Uh, and in this, or at least just kind of to the side of this stable is a big tree where you'll be able to hear this, you know, Piper playing his pipe, right? His, uh, his flute. Uh, I mean, there's a few other cool little quests in this area, but if you go and you talk to Piper, he'll tell you that one of his friends at the stable, uh, who, whose name escapes me at the moment, wanted to see a glowing tree. I think she saw it in a dream and she wanted to see it in real life or something like that. But her name is Hate, like H-A-I-T-E. So maybe, I don't know how you pronounce that. I, I doubt it's just straight up Hate. It's probably like Haiti or Heidi. Heisha. 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 Uh, wanted to see a glowing tree. And so naturally, like any little kid, Piper's pretty young. He must be like a, like a, a flute playing savant or something like that. But like any little kid, you think glowing tree, you think, yeah, I'll just set the thing on fire. Oh, no. Heyshid hey wasn't a fan of that. Definitely, definitely uh, upset her, and he's all upset now because he's like, "Well, that didn't work." Um, but maybe if I used uh, sunset fireflies, I wouldn't actually have to light anything on fire, and it would still be a glowing tree. He he's already has a bunch of them, but he needs just ten more. So this is the the fetch quest: get ten sunset fireflies, which you might already have, and give them to Piper for this this uh, presentation, basically. 
It's funny that Piper is one of the only ones. I mean, I know that Beats was playing his drum when you found him, and the horn player was trying to get somebody's attention with his horn. Uh, Piper is the only one that has like a an actual solo performance that he does as part of his quest. Because uh, when you get him these fireflies, he asks you to bring Haisha, H- 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 Haiti, you know, Heidi. I'm just going to call her Heidi uh, to the tree at night because, you know, that's when the fireflies will be most visible. So you come and you get this this little cutscene of Piper playing up in the trees. Like he's still up, like he goes up onto the tree branch. He's playing his flute and all of these fireflies start coming out around him as he's playing. It's actually a really cool little musical performance that he puts on. Uh, Heidi is amazed and she's like super happy about it and it's great. And Piper decides that he's going to go back to being a stable trotter so he can practice his music more. <laughs> Piper is not only the band's flute player, but he's also their special effects manager. <laughs> right. <laughs> All the pyrotechnics, but you know, <laughs> not around trees is what he learned. <laughs> We need some fireflies, OB. Uh, so, if you go back up to the outskirts table, he will be there with the group, the full set of stable trotters. Uh, and they will ask you to get Breezer up to the fairy fountain, which in this case is making a rock climbing vehicle. <laughs> or I suppose, once again, you could go the flying route. Uh, I just used a bunch of giant wheels and, and just like climbed that mountain like I was mud in my jeep like <laughs> mud is just <laughs> yeah you guys ever seen those videos of like jeeps that just climb near nearly vertical surfaces yeah yeah jeeps are crazy but that's what i did i made a big old climbing jeep to get up this mountain with uh out of breezer uh i want to say it was the most difficult climb of the different time because every time you get in breezer if you're not going across water you're going up a hill that's just the way of breezer. <laughs> um, and this was probably the most extreme one. Uh, but I did get him up there. We met our last great fairy, uh, which, you know, is this one, Kesa? It's got to be, right? That's not the last, last great fairy, but of, of the four main great fairies, yeah, Kesa. Yeah. So we Kesa go and we get here. Kesa, uh, who gets to hear the full effect of the stable trotters. And now every time you go to a a stable that has the stable trotters, they will be all four uh, instruments playing the full remix of Lon Lon Ranch's theme music. Uh, and it's pretty great. Uh, yeah. So the other thing is that they renamed themselves the Stable Heroes for no, for no reason other than to celebrate that they're all back together. I mean, what better reason? Uh, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, 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 you can upgrade your armor to full, to max, it's the best. Uh, but like Anthony kind of hinted, there is one more great fairy? Can you call it a fairy? Is it a fairy? Um, I don't know. I mean, she kind Uh, of like... One more spring that we can go to. Like, she's a great fairy in the spring, her spring is kind of tainted, um, she kind of looks dead horses, mad evil. <laughs> it's, it's taint, your spring is tainted with dead horses. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, she's like Hades, but for horses. Oh, okay. How I like to think of it, like yeah, 
Anyway, yeah. So she's north of the stable that is the East Akala stable. Right. And um yeah, even like eerily enough, she's residing in Bloodleaf Lake because why not just, you know, pick that as your home? I mean, she was somewhere else in Breath of the or yeah, Breath of the Wild. I don't really remember where she was in Breath of the Wild, but like Bloodleaf Lake, come on. In Breath and, of the Wild, she was on the complete opposite side of the map. I remember the area is fair on grasslands, right? There's like a in fact, I think she might have been at the outskirts stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because south of, or sorry, not outskirt Highland, uh, just south of the Highland stable, there's the Lake of the Horse God and the Horse God Bridge. Which, side note, in this game, if you're looking for the giant white horse, uh, that's where you'll find it. There's like a whole Yo. side quest related to that. The white horse is just chilling where Melania used to be. Uh, and Melania has now jettisoned to the complete just northern end of the map instead. Uh, so yeah, big, big movement on this one. Yeah, I mean, most of the great fairies, like I think, like I mentioned earlier, the great fairy that was in the dust storm colossal fossil in the desert moved all the way to uh, the woodland stable. <laughs> like, okay, sure, change of scenery, but yeah. Yeah, Melania is pretty cool. I actually stumbled upon her at the very beginning of the game, and I had found a really cool, like, white patterned horse in the beginning of the game. And you bring a horse to Melania, and she will upgrade your horses to powers unknown from a horse before it and make them OP. And um, the rest, it's basically recipes. So, like, you feed her an Endura carrot, and she'll come out there's no music that she needs to hear it's just an endure carrot and then she will upgrade your horses if you give her food that that's the like contract you guys have is give me food i'll make your horses strong so yeah the the different foods have a different ingredient that needs to be included and as long as you give her a food with that ingredient included she will upgrade your horse accordingly like one ingredient makes your horse faster one ingredient makes it have more stamina another one makes it pull better like that kind of deal and it's always vegetables like it's like endura carrots are one of the key ingredients it's part of why the first thing you have to get her is an endura carrot uh she will or he will sorry i think melania is a he um will uh ask for the endura carrot and tell you that they commonly grow near pink sakura trees oddly enough uh which is true like at least half of the time some of the trees don't have them by it but most of them i feel like do have one or two endure carrots growing by them uh it's just kind of a cool little detail um i have not done any horse upgrading in this game so i i, I opened the bud had the conversation she was like oh yeah if you bring me some of these foods like i can make your horse better and i was like uh no thanks and just left it at that. Uh, I haven't really lost horses this playthrough, but to my understanding, uh, Millennia still serves that yeah. same purpose as well. They can bring back any horses that you know come to an untimely end. We don't need or none of your. Carrots. We don't need any of your performance enhancing magic. <laughs> I got I got a a, a Zonai excite bike. I don't really need a horse. 
for most things that I do, aside from the Stable Trotters quest, oddly enough. Like, that's basically the main use of horses in this game. Yeah, before so, uh, I built my motorbike, I actually didn't use the Sky Vehicle for most of the ground stuff. So I actually maxed a horse out. Um, all All the stars that you can get. And I do remember that, like, when you are going super fast and you have full strength, you can actually, um, like, I guess, like, I read somewhere that, like, the strength is related to HP of the horse. And so with speed and stamina and strength, like, maxed out, it actually equates to damage, which is how they, like, did it. So the horse could actually, like, potentially one-shot the weak weaker bicoblins, like the red ones, if it's full. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's great because, you know, you don't really see red bacoblins anymore, but even like the base constructs, your horse could probably just one shot them. Well, I mean, horses can also like kick enemies too, if you're in the area with them. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely got into a fight with like I knocked a bacoblin off a horse and then like during that same fight with those bacoblins, the horse kicked one of the bacoblins and mm. I, then I tamed that horse and gave it a name and a good home because, <laughs> because it deserved it. <laughs> I, was, I was so happy to have like a ally randomly in the wild. So um, kind of a cool thing. They horse did give her horses a little more complexity and personality in this game. Um, quite honestly, like when I got Tears of the Kingdom and I asked Kate if she wanted to start a game, like one of her first questions was, can you ride horses in this one? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> she was like, yeah, I'd like to start a game then. <laughs> she she just wanted to play to ride the horses. So, I mean, hey, to each their own. This one has horses in it. <laughs> it do. And there's more customization options, too, for the horses if you visit every stable. So there is like a point to talking to the stable hands and paying patronage to the stables. Yeah. I didn't realize how horse-based this episode was actually going to be with what we had. But, you know, now that I think about it, it makes sense that all these missions that start at a stable would all just be about the stables. What stays at the stable? Or, wow, I said that so backwards. <laughs> I am not continuing. <laughs> what stays at the stables happens at the stables. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's going to be the episode title. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> for it okay oh goodness all right uh so that's that's everything i had planned to talk about i don't know if you all have any other horse stories that you know you want to share um, i mean maybe we can do that and then close it out the on spotify the koji kondo stable remix on spotify is phenomenal definitely definitely worth a listen if you're looking for some relaxing vibes, it's it's got it. That's all I gotta say. This all is right. Tears of the Kingdom. I ain't riding horses. <laughs> <laughs> they can stay on the ground. Yeah, where's my zone battle bike? Oh, like, can I attach a laser to the front of my horse? I don't think so. So you know, well, Anthony built a death cart. I mean, you could probably like ultra hand and create like save that as a favorite, and then just have a horse-driven death cart to take into battle. <laughs> You could. The chariots of fire. I mean, I wonder if you can hook that, that like, that, uh, what's it called? The, um, oh gosh. The breezer? Not the, well, yeah, the breezer, but with the tow line, right? The towing, I wonder yeah. if you, 
Yeah, I wonder if you can just hook that up to a um a Zonai cart and just have it, you know, Roomba its way into battle. Yeah, I would probably do something like that because if if you're gonna take a horse drawn anything into battle, I would think that the weakest link there would be the horse. As soon as something happens and spooks it, or it somehow gets <laughs> untangled from where it's at and runs away, your whole machine is just useless. I wouldn't rely on a horse. Yeah, from what from what I hear, they can get enough strength to one shot up a coblin. So. Whoa. You can run through them all. All right, guys. Well, that that is our story. That's our story about horses and the stable trotters and the stables. Uh, but with that, we'll go ahead and close out this episode. Thank you all for listening. This has been A for No, B for Yes. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can on our website or at A for No, B for Yes at gmail.com. Uh, but y'all have a good night, and we will catch you on the next one. I don't want to hear any <laughs> sayers. My name's Beats, and I'm saying goodbye.